Hey, it's Greg. Thanks for checking out Toronto Today. It's December the 6th, and in December the 6th, 1989, is one of the more uh, difficult days in Canadian history and the subsequent reaction to it. It's pre-internet. It's pre-texting. It's pre-cell phones for that vast majority of us. And 14 women were killed by a person who went into a university classroom, an engineering classroom, separated the men from the women, and then shot the women. It's still hard to believe how it all happened, and it's still hard to believe that that was the turning point in making more of us outraged about male-on-female violence. And I know now, in 2022, it feels like the world's caving in sometimes, and people are more terrible to each other, but I'm not so sure that's the case. I'll get into that here on Toronto Today. I remember this really, really well, and if you don't, let me remind you that I think even words like misogyny were rarely used in 1989. I know the word femicide was not utilized in 1989. And um, an act of grievous violence killed 14 young women at a call polytechnique at the University of Montreal. Just one man did this. And this may have been the, the precursor to what we now call incels. He hated women. He hated the idea that women were equal. He hated the idea that women didn't seem terribly interested in him. He felt oppressed by equality. Like, think about that double standard. When we're talking about double standards, think about that. And uh, this never is something that occurs out of the blue. But it took forever for us to really get a sense of what this particular killing was. We recognize this as an anti-feminist attack. It took forever for it to happen. We're just like, crazy person, bullets flying everywhere. He separated, and I remember this was documented the day after it happened. 25-year-old male makes his way into a classroom, and he says, men, get out. And he declares verbally that he hates feminists. And then he sprays them with more bullets than you can possibly imagine, and he kills 14 of them. And there were still people that lived to this day that had to play dead. I can't imagine. You talk about survivor's guilt. I mean, this is our absolute mass murder tragedy. I know what happened in Porta Peak, Nova Scotia was incredibly significant. And I still get physically angry about how little information about, about it that was. I think maybe even us in the media um, have underplayed how significant that was. And either a cover-up or incompetence, but it can't be neither, occurred in Nova Scotia in April of, of that year. But I remember Montreal and 89 very, very notably. Because it didn't make sense, because we didn't have mass shootings at the time. We were, we were not numb to mass shootings. If I tell you that there's a mass shooting today in, I don't know, uh, Royal Oak, Michigan, or I tell you there's one in Champaign, Illinois, or I tell you there's one at a university campus in Lawrence, Kansas, where the Jayhawks play. You wouldn't even hesitate. You wouldn't give it a second thought. We've got guns at schools in Toronto now on a weekly basis. We got people getting hurt in parking lots, killed in parking lots. But we didn't in 1989. We really didn't. This is the uh, thought of one of the uh, sisters of one of the 14 victims um, and it is, uh, I'm, I'm warning you of some mild graphicness to this, but she talked about seeing the dead stretchered out and put into ambulances just for the hope that they could either save their lives in transporting them to hospital late night on a Thursday. I didn't recognize my sister. Sylvia Viernik was shocked to see how all the victims had the same withered look. 
They look old. Uh, the same impression. The same expression in, 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 in uh, their faces. Um, I, looking, looking, uh, looking, my sisters, I knew that she she's dying with pain. She's dying with uh, fear, and uh, she she was alone. She's dying alone. So, and this hurt me a lot. That's from the Fifth Estate. They did an, an anniversary, a uh, 10-year anniversary documentary on um, the Montreal Massacre. Again, he targeted women who also, I should point out, wanted to have a non-traditional occupation, engineering. Well, engineering was for men, not for women. And he made that point. So I can't imagine the survivor's guilt of the women that played dead. I'm sure that lives with them. I have to believe it lives with the men who left the classroom and didn't rush this maniac with a shotgun. But what... You know, in the moment of time, maybe you're not sure what's going to transpire, but it would live with me every day. It would live with me every single day. I've never had to perform an act so brave, so brazen, so, you know, life affirming, so life risking. One of the teachers was in the classroom as well. And you can even tell from the tone of his voice and the sound of his words, the nouns, the verbs that he says here that he feels that he could have done more. Adrien Chernia was one of two teachers present. A team of three students just finished presenting their project. Suddenly, a very strange man came in. He had a shotgun with his hand on the trigger. He was two meters in front of me. He didn't appear to us to be a madman. He ordered to the man, to the students, and to the professors to go on the right side of the class and the girls on the left side. Back then, we felt a little more free to use words like mad killer, crazy person, insane. And I'm not saying that he's sane or wasn't mad or any of those things or non-crazy. But what we didn't talk about as much then was how anti-feminist the killings were. We didn't talk about then the distinction between men and women. There's candlelight marches probably in every city where you're listening to me right now, including here in Toronto. We'll tell you where Toronto's is later on in the show. We need to keep doing this. It's been 33 years, but I don't think we should just do it every 30 years or every 40 years. It is an incredibly important day to pay respects. It's an incredibly important day with all that's around us now to denounce it, to talk about it, to struggle with how it happened. It still is historic, but we've had a lot more in the recent days and years and decades sort of track us down and remind us how dreadful that day was for our country.